Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am Tony Serino alongside Christopher Carter, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, Chris and I are going to recap minicamp. Didn't get a chance to do so last week as we were going through that minicamp mailbag, but today, Chris and I are talking about all the biggest storylines coming out of minicamp. Welcome to the show. You can find more of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the Himalaya app, wherever you find podcasts. Search Locked On Steelers. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure to get your daily dose. You can follow us on Twitter, at LO Steelers. You can find us on Facebook. Search Locked On Steelers. Hit the like button on the Facebook page. But make sure you also join the Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram, at Locked On Steelers. Hey, before we get going, I want to let you guys know that the Locked On NBA mock draft is underway. This is very similar to the Locked On NFL mock draft that we did back in April. And this is something that only the Locked On Podcast Network can bring you. They have local experts in every draft room. Jeremy Wu of SI.com with player breakdowns and Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball with the Fantasy Breakdown. All of that on the Locked On NBA Podcast. All right, we're back here for another week of Locked On Steelers. Chris, how was your weekend? It was great, my man. You know, got some Father's Day time in with the family, so it was all dandy. How was yours, Tony? It was good. It was good. Same thing. Spent some time with the family over the weekend. Uh, you know, a little, little sad that that mini camp is over. So this is this is the actual offseason. I mean, the NBA Finals is over. Congratulations to the Raptors. Chris, I believe you and I had that. We had the Raptors in six, if I remember right, from our NBA Finals preview. Or wait, did we have it the other way around? We might have had Warriors, we might have had Warriors in five. Who knows? You, you Who had say? Warriors in five. I said I said Warriors in six, so I was at least okay. half correct. All right, you're closer. Yeah, closer. Still, still way off, but okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but no. So uh, training camp is what? Just five weeks away now. I got my flight booked. The, the the hotel is ready to go. I'm I'm ready to get up there. Counting down the days, Chris. Ready for uh, for training camp, which will start on June or excuse me, July 26. So again, we have five weeks of locked on Steelers between between now and then. Don't freak me out, man. You about to say June. I'm like, shoot, what about yeah. all my preview stuff gotta go up right now? <laughs> That's Ooh. right. Next I, I can't wait. I listen, freeze I am I'm, I'm like Eric Cartman in South Park. Just freeze me in Carbonite and put me, you know, get me right to July twenty sixth so we can start mm-hmm. watching these guys uh in actual pads. Because you know, talking about them in t shirt and shorts does get a little old after a while, but we do wanna we do want to recap minicamp today because last week, you know, minicamp was going on. Chris, you and I were doing that mailbag, which you know we love to do. Um, so I thought today we could spend a day and kind of recap the big news coming out of minicamp. Before we do that, let's start today with some news and notes. Keenan Allen, the Chargers wide receiver, went on Undisputed on Fox Sports 1, was asked about, a, and I don't really know how this came up, but he was asked about a comparison between Ben Roethlisberger and Derek Carr, and he said, I do see similarities, but one's young, no Super Bowls, less ego, and here we go again, Chris, with the, with the whole ego part of Ben Roethlisberger, which I thought was put to bed a month ago. But yeah, I guess I guess we're still we're still doing this. Yeah, you know it's the, it's the song that never ends. It, 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 come on, man, you, you knew this this wasn't going to be done. And I, I think the context of the question was that Keenan Allen has, you know, as an AFC West player, he he's he's seen more of Derek Carr and. Um, you know, he knows Antonio Brown's a top receiver. And so, you know, you're seeing these are the two quarterbacks. You're going from one to the other. And I think they were trying to get to get Keenan Allen to basically say that Antonio Brown will still be fine with Derek Carr. And who knows? Maybe he will be. I don't know. But 
I, I do think it's it's a little much for Keenan Allen to make a make make a statement about Brett Ben Roethlisberger's quote unquote ego in the situation. And again, I am not one to overly defend Ben Roethlisberger from the things he said and done that he shouldn't have said and done. But I will be here to say, what does Keenan Allen know about Ben Roethlisberger's ego and the you know and the comparison of those two as individuals and players? Um, you know, you can study the tape and see that Derek Carr has, uh, you know, he's he had a hot season where he looked like he could have, you know, got some MVP votes before he got injured at the end of a season. But I mean, other than that, that that that's his resume. You know, you know his, right. I mean, you know, but you know, other than that, he's he's been he's been not good. He's been inconsistent. Uh, last year was a tragic year for him um, under you know under John Gruden and and a, a beat up Raiders team that just kept get, getting him sacked. Um, and so I, I don't see the comparison, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger has a lot of things that Derek Carr doesn't. Um, I haven't seen Derek Carr really step up and be a leader. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things. I don't know where Keenan Allen was really coming from on that. Um, you know, maybe he has, maybe he's friends with people on the Steelers that tell him things. Maybe he's friends with Antonio Brown, but to me that came off as a person that's trying to stir a pot that isn't even there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he almost, it's almost certainly he got this from AB, right? I mean, I guess, you know, Ben certainly has not made friends in previous years. We heard Josh Harris, a former Steeler, come out earlier in the offseason and talk about some of this stuff. So, um, you know, I mean, I think, I guess he could have heard it from someone else, but it does, like you said, I think it, it, this feels like something coming from Antonio Brown, or at least that Keenan Allen is, is friends with Antonio Brown. You know, the one thing that, that I will say, right, because I, like you, you know, I've been critical of Ben in the past, but you have to say that during, at least during this offseason process, and it's still early, but this does feel like a different Ben Roethlisberger that's out there, at least from all the reports that we've heard about, you know, the, the kind of leadership that he's taking on the field, taking these these wide receivers under his wing. He no longer has that kind of standoff mentality that he did with young receivers. You know, he seems to be, uh, you know, very high on a guy like Deontay Johnson, and that has to be encouraging, at least for 2019. Right? We can't, you can't fix what, what happened with Ben in years past and the, the clearly the enemies that he made in years past, but 2019 does seem like a fresh start for Ben in a lot of ways, given that his new attitude going into minicamp. Yeah, I, I think that's what we've we've been seeing a lot of in uh, you know in all the, the the notes of training camp and all the things that, that have been reported to us. He's taking every precaution, and I think he knows these are his last years, and and he has to do things differently to uh, to kind of rally the team around him. And uh, it's it's not people aren't just going to come to him just because he's Ben Roethlisberger. He, he's got to he's got to show respect to these guys, and uh, even o- to the point where he's kind of overdoing it. But just to, he has to establish these relationships. And I mean, also, I mean, you think about it the past few years, he really didn't need to establish relationships with people to get playmakers because he had playmakers in Bell and Brown. And, and, you know, now you're looking at a case where those guys are gone. He, you know, Juju had a good year too. Connor had a good year too. But he's got, he's got to redevelop this thing, this chemistry across the board to replace those, that, that the production that he's losing. I think he, he's, he's owning up to the, the challenge. I'm not saying he's owning up to anything he did wrong, but, um, or, or if he did anything wrong. All I'm saying is that I think he recognizes what's in front of him and he's saying, bring it on. I'm ready for all of it. Yeah, he should have a, a huge chip on his shoulder going into this season. Really, as all the Steeler players should, because because of everything that's happened this offseason and, and how much this team, and certainly Ben Roethlisberger, was dragged through the mud. But, you know, how last season ended, right? 9-6-1, and one, missing the playoffs, watching the Baltimore Ravens win that division. 
And, you know, I mean, you go back two years, right? I mean, this, 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 the embarrassment that was that playoff game against the Jaguars. This team has a lot to make up for in 2019. All right, let's talk about minicamp itself. Uh, I guess the, the first thing we should talk about here, Chris, is the fact that minicamp is over and there have been no major injuries. We, the, the Steelers got through an entire spring with no major injuries, and, and I think that is the biggest news to come out of all this. We're, we're going to talk about Joe Hayden and Mike Hilton and, and Artie Burns and all the news coming out, but I think the best thing here, you know, there was no you know, catastrophic injury to, to Gerald Hawkins like there was last year or Jake McGee like there was last year. I mean, the Steelers got through this thing completely injury-free. Absolutely. I mean, this 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 was this is mission accomplished. They you know they they set out. They you know they wanted to have some good practices. We were worried about who would go down, and nobody really went down. I mean, people got hurt for a little bit, but no, there's no major injuries to worry about going into training camp. Everyone's healthy. Everyone can show up on time. Uh, so I, I think that that's uh, that's definitely a blessing for the team moving forward. Because uh, how many? I mean, how many times have they lost somebody to injury? It seems like. You know, for the past four or five years, they've at least lost Gerald Hawkins or Sanquez Golson, you know, within the first yeah. couple of days of mini camps and OTAs. So um, def- definitely a very good sign, I think, for the team moving forward. Hey, before we continue, I want to let you guys know about BlueChew.com. They bring you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready when the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online. It ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no in-person doctor visit. There's no waiting in the pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships directly, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we got a special deal for listeners of Locked On Steelers. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code Locked On. You're just going to pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Use the promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. The, the other, uh, I think the, the other biggest news coming out here is Joe Hayden and what's happening with his extension. We, Chris, you and I have talked extensively about how the, the Steelers are so tight against the salary cap, and, and a Joe Hayden extension would make sense if they could move some of that base salary maybe off into a signing bonus or, or something like that, or just kind of lower his base salary this year and move it into future years. That could get, that could give them give them some relief. It also just makes sense because Hayden's a good corner. The Steelers need good corners, and you know he's in a contract year. It would make sense. He says he has not talked to the Steelers yet. They have not reached out about an extension, although he does hope to get one done this summer. He wants to finish his career in Pittsburgh. But Mark Caboli of The Athletic wrote the other day that he thinks the Steelers may not work out an extension with Hayden at all and just kind of let that contract play itself out and hope that a guy like Justin Lane can play himself into a starter position. I know all of you out there on the Lane train are going to be excited to hear this. That, that, you know, just, just, yeah, Justin Lane could be the starter at that position in 2020, and the Steelers kind of let Joe Hayden walk in free agency. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the problem. Here's the problem with, with, with the, the, the theory of just letting Joe go of Joe Hayden. Um, you know, the, what he's brought to the table is a, is a level of consistency at the number one cornerback position. And, and a guy that can create turnovers and be relied upon to do anything you need him to do. And I just think letting him walk would be a huge problem. It would be a huge problem with the team. But I mean, you know, look across the board right now of players that aren't signed to the future. You got him, Mike Hilton, and Sean Davis. I mean, 
that's three major players in the secondary that they're trying to boost so that it can be relied upon in future years and uh, be the driving force of this of this team. Uh, so I, I definitely think that there's uh, I definitely think that there's a little bit of a, a worry there when it comes to the secondary and you know a realistic investment. Do you do you invest to keep you know Joe Hayden? But if you get Joe Hayden, I mean the the price that he at the price tag he's been earning for them, even even just even if it's just a little bit lower, it's going to take up the rest of their cap space. And right, you know, so the, there's, there's a lot of things they got to calculate. The good thing is they got a little bit of time to figure that out. And, uh, you know, if Joe Hayden has a Pro Bowl sort of year, you deal with that when you deal with that. But um, you, you do your best with what you got and you hope for the best. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would be a good problem to have if the Steelers, you know, kind of felt like they had to re-sign Joe Hayden in, in 2020. I guess they could they could try to make it work. But like you said, they just don't have the cap space. Not, not only do they, do they have no cap space this year, so if Hayden wanted more money, right, let's say he wanted more than the 10, 10 or $11 million he scheduled to make in 2019, the Steelers couldn't make that happen. Um, now, if he, if he was willing to move some of that into a bonus or whatnot, I mean, you know, this is going to eat into 2020 salary cap space, which, you know, as we talked about, that that, that they're already tight there because of the Ben Roethlisberger extension and, and some of the free agency signings that they made this year that kind of balloon next year, right? Guys like Steven Nelson and um, Dante Moncrief are going to be making more money uh, on those deals in 2020. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Hayden extension over the summer. Uh, I, I think that the, something's going to have to get done to free up some cap space, whether it's the Hayden extension, whether it's moving money around in other ways, the Steelers just have to create some cap space for themselves. They can't be, you know, whatever they are right now, $1.2 million under the cap as it is today. They can't go into the regular season, uh, you know, staying in that spot. Mike Hilton, another player who's got, got a contract situation going on, I guess you could say, uh, he has not signed his exclusive rights for agency tender. Now the exclusive rights for agency tender, is basically a minimum salary type of deal. I think he's scheduled to make something like $540,000. He basically, this is not like the restricted free agency tag where another team can come in and offer something and, and you know, the Steelers would get a draft pick in return or anything like that. Mike Hilton has to sign that contract. Exclusive rights means they, the Steelers have exclusive rights to, to Mike Hilton. But Mike Hilton does want a new contract. Now, he said he has not thought about holding out yet. Right? That has not even crossed his mind. But he also hasn't signed the tender yet. And so I think, you know, this is going to be a question, Chris, as we get closer to uh, to July 26th is does Mike Hilton try to pull anything off here? He doesn't have a whole lot of leverage, but the Steelers have done this in the past, giving Alejandro Villanueva a new contract, even though he was in an exclusive rights free agency tender. So, um, yeah, I guess the Steelers kind of set some bad precedent for themselves, and, and now Mike Hilton's looking to cash in from it. Yeah, I think, I think Hilton's <clears throat> trying to hold out as best as he can without actually holding out. But he he definitely sees the value of uh, of being with the Steelers. They're the ones that that committed to him. They're the ones that he got a job with, and he knows that he knows their system and could be an, a, a big part of it. And part of what makes Mike Hilton of serious value is that when you look at what he does, he's not a guy that with old age his skills are going to go away. He's not blindingly fast. He's not blowing people up physically all the time. He's finding different ways to win. He's crafty. He and, and he's and he knows what he's doing. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 on the side that I think that they should kind of they should kind of keep him in the fold um, and see if there's a way to pay him. And ex, you know, they they really need to create space. That's the bottom of the line. Is that next year they need space to be able to spend and uh, keep some of these core players as well as you know maybe maybe add one or two more free agents if you if you if they do let people go. 
Another cornerback making some headlines here because of his contract is, of course, Artie Burns, who you and I have talked about last week. Uh, the idea that the Steelers may have to cut Artie Burns come the start of training camp. He's got an $800,000 roster bonus that's due. And so a lot of lot, lot was written, a lot was said about the fact that this could be the last week that Artie Burns plays for the Steelers in any sort of capacity, right? This, these last minicamp practices could be his last practices in any capacity. Uh, so, uh, you know, the question was going into minicamp, how would Artie respond to that? Right, knowing that this is kind of a do or die scenario for him, you know, he's got what a couple days into training camp before that eight hundred thousand dollars is due. The Steelers need some cap space, so he's really got to prove himself. Um, there's reports that Artie Burns spent some extra time in coaches' meetings. Tomlin said during one of his mini camp press conferences that quote Artie understands the urgency of his circumstance and situation. He and he's taking appropriate action. Uh, Chris, I think you know a lot of Artie's problems last year appeared to be mental. Right, I mean these, this was not. You know, that he couldn't keep up with guys or anything like that. He was just, you know, he was in his own head, I think, especially as that season wore on and his play kind of deteriorated even further. And so my question going into this season was, was was he going to approach this offseason kind of the same way, right? Kind of a woe is me and and all of that. Or would he attack this head on and and, and really try to improve throughout this offseason and, and, and go that extra mile to get better? And it sounds like that's exactly what he's done and, and guys like Mike Tomlin are, are noticing. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Artie Burns is his own worst enemy. I, I've, I've said that before, and I wrote a Carter's Classroom on this exact topic um, for today, in fact. So go to DKPittsburghSports.com right now to read my breakdowns of where he's been good on film, where he's been bad on film, and why you see the, this uh, this inconsistency. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Artie Burns is a guy that he he has the physical talents. He's shown he can win in the press. He's shown he can win in zone. Uh, I, but I, I can tell you, there's been times like after a good game, after a solid performance, he was crying in the locker room. Now, maybe there's something going on that, that we didn't know about, but he looked frustrated and he didn't want to talk. And he was like, he, he was flustered about something. And you know, I'm wondering, like, what what's going on here? Uh, and that was before all the things started happening. Then this year, when things when bad things were happening, you know, not as many people wanted to start talking to him after, you know, the, the, the <laughs> after, after it just kept, kept going. So. Um, so yeah, man, I, I'm with I'm with you on uh, on what the Steelers are going to be trying to do. I think that the I think that Artie Burns is kind of you know just on his last legs with the team. Uh, but I think what they're going to do, they're gonna, I think they're going to try and keep him around and give him a chance that you know maybe he surprises somebody, then he he earns a roster spot for the year. And you know if an emergency comes to an emergency, then uh, Artie Burns is the guy you know up front playing playing straight up corner. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think the Steelers have to keep him. Look, they they got to do something to get this cap space under control. Hopefully, it's not cutting Artie Burns. Right? Let this guy play out one final year. No one's saying he should be a starter. Right? I don't think anyone wants to see Artie Burns starting again. But you know, if he can be a guy off the bench at spot starter at times, um, and that's that's after proving himself throughout the training camp process and throughout preseason, if he earns that spot again, I think that's the best situation for this team. Give this team a little depth. And again, I know, I know again, all you guys on the lane train want to see Justin Lane out there and, you know, give Justin Lane a a year to kind of learn under, uh, you know, don't throw him at him out to the wolves. Um, You know, let him learn. Artie Burns will not be a stealer in 2020. I think there's, there's just no chance of that happening no matter what happens this year. So uh, this is Artie Burns last chance. Let him be that kind of first guy off the bench. Let Justin Lane learn um, as a, you know, not as a practice squad guy, but as that kind of final corner on the roster and see where this team is at corner going into 2020. I think that's kind of the best, the best case scenario for this team. Don't worry, Lane Train listeners. Tony doesn't understand. 
He's he's <laughs> talking about throwing Lane Lane to the wolves, but little does he know that trains don't get stopped by wolves. <laughs> okay. <I'm> just... <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. I, as I said on Facebook I, and then the Facebook group, I said, you know, listen, I, I hold the seat for me come training camp time. I may. We're all full, man. It's too late. The lane is train, it full up? The lane train <laughs> is packed up. We're already yeah. on the tracks. We're moving. You're still at the Amtrak station looking for how to get out of there. Yeah, I'll see when the Landry Jones hype train is, <laughs> is pulling into the station. I'd have to get back on that one. <laughs> All right, another player making waves at minicamp was Deontay Johnson, Woo! the rookie wide receiver from Toledo, who, of course, got so many comparisons to Antonio Brown. He was picked with the third-round pick the Steelers got in that Antonio Brown trade. When you watch him on tape, he does kind of remind you of, already, of, of, uh, of uh, Antonio Brown in a lot of ways. So uh, Ben Roethlisberger was asked about Deontay Johnson and how he's done. Now, remember... You know, back at OTAs and back in minicamp last year, Ben Roethlisberger and James Washington didn't really have a whole lot of, of a rapport. This year, Ben has worked with Deontay Johnson and had a, a lot of nice things to say about him. He said uh, that, quote, uh, he catches everything thrown his way. And Ben talked about how he was kind of purposely throwing balls too high or too low or behind him a little bit just to kind of see what the catch radius was for Deontay Johnson. Had a lot, He had a lot of nice things to say. Joe Hayden was asked, you know, which of these young wide receivers has stood out to you? And he pointed out number 18, a smooth route runner. And he says he likes to watch these guys on film. And, and it was Deontay Johnson that that really stood out. So, Chris, Deontay Johnson making a lot of la- a lot of waves here early on in the process. And the one player not buying it, or the one the one uh, person not buying into that is, of course, Mike Tomlin, who said at, at his press conference, I don't take too much stock in what they do in T-shirt and shorts, especially at that position. And, and so you have to wonder... Has, is Tomlin a little bit burned by what happened last year with James Washington and all the hype that was coming out about James Washington early in the process? And then as we got into the regular season, he disappeared. I think that Tomlin, he's always been one to wait. He, he, he didn't hype up James Washington and say, this man is going to revolutionize our wide receiver group. Uh, you know, all, all, all Tomlin has ever been, he's always said, this is just football in shorts. None of this matters. Tomlin's very much a realist when it comes to those types of evaluations. He doesn't jump on anybody and just say, yeah, that's the savior of my team. No, he, he recognizes that he's, you know, what 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 every stage of football means during the season. He knows, you know, even just because you come out and have a great week one does not mean you're going to come out and have a great week 15 later in the season. Uh, so he, he's just being Tomlin, you know, taking, taking it one step at a time, and he's going to keep challenging Deontay Johnson. And I think Deontay Johnson, the thing he's shown, has been very impressive. You know, the way he's catching the ball. And, and like I said, when I when I studied this film in college, the guy's shifty. The guy has good footwork. He gets off the ball well. And I, I think those things are very promising. Um, but you got to see how he reacts in a game environment and in a team environment with the Steelers. And, you know, when uh, when push comes to shove. So I think, uh, I, I think that it's not unreasonable to be excited about Deontay Johnson. And I think that the, everything that's been said about him so far has been good. You just gotta put it in perspective and just remember, you know, come training camp. He, he might even blow up training camp, but it don't mean nothing until you get you get on the pads. You're against an opponent and you're lining up. They know what you're doing. You know what you're doing, and you uh and, and you go one on one and you beat and you start locking people up or beating people. So, um, so yeah, Deontay Johnson though on the right track. Just gotta be patient. I know it's very hard, everyone. Football be football being being out. Basketball being out, hockey being out, all we all got is, is is baseball. That is that is rough, but you just wait and see, and maybe you'll see some more. I mean, I, I'm super excited to watch this group come training camp time, right? Because what we've heard about this wide receiver group is uh, is 
that Dante Moncrief was, you know, obviously called out by Ben as being kind of, you know, the that guy at wide receiver because and I think mostly because he's a veteran at the position. But, you know, I think it was what was it? Mark Caboli in the Athletic wrote that you can clearly tell that all Dante Moncrief needed was a good quarterback and he looks like um, you know, a very good player out there. And so I'm excited to see what he can bring come training camp time. We've heard that James Washington looks much more confident out there, which you would hope because that was his real problem in, in uh, 2018. And now we're hearing reports about Deontay Johnson and and that, you know, the, the uh, guys on the team are impressed by him as well. It's an interesting group at wide receiver. I don't know that, you know, I don't know who's going to ultimately emerge, but certainly, you know, like you said, everyone's on kind of the right track, right? So uh, it'll be an interesting group to watch. Come training camp time. Another player that's going to be really interesting to watch at training camp is Devin Bush because he is getting all of the hype. I have not seen a single line written in any write-up about Devin Bush that says, well, you know, he didn't make this player. You know, he was a little slow to, to react here or anything like that. I mean, everything you read about Devin Bush from the OTAs now all the way into minicamp is that this guy is flying around. He looks great. He's on the fast track to be a starter um, I mean, Chris, you know, it, there's nothing slowing down the Devin Bush hype train. No, I don't think anything's going to slow down until the season starts and you see what he's got. Um, Devin Bush, I mean, he, he showed he showed everybody early on in the offseason when they when they went to his uh, his pro day, what he was about. He excited everyone. Um, Keith Butler talking about they definitely wanted one of the Devins. Um, that was a great quote. Yeah. I love that quote. You, you never get that kind of candor from a coach. But yeah, he went out and said we wanted one of the Devons, meaning either Devin White or Devin Bush. Exactly, and and that's that's what we've been saying, right? Cody? No, I, yeah, you, I, said, I said the same thing here. Yeah, you, we, we were all, you know, you, me, everybody was saying they need to go get one of these guys. And I mean, this goes back to years ago when when the Steelers passed on Dante Hightower, and I think they got David DeCastro and, and Keith Butler reportedly banged the table because he th- he said they had to get him Dante Hightower, and then Hightower went on to be. A, a very good linebacker for the Patriots for years, um, you know. I, Although I, arguably not as good a player as David DeCastro. Arguably ultimately. so, arguably so. Yeah. But you know, but the point was is that getting him his his inside linebacker that's the playmaker is vital to what Keith Butler's trying to do. And 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 again, that was before Keith Butler was even the defensive coordinator. I think Butler's True. always yeah. always just value having those X factor type guys in the middle of the field to allow you to do more. Uh, schematically because it gives you more pieces that you can trick people with more pieces that can coordinate everyone else and you can balance the the rest of the team off of what these these skill players can do so um devin bush definitely fits that mold you know athletically just gotta see how he fits in again it doesn't matter until the pads come on and you start seeing them process in you know you know even just making plays with pads in training camp you got to see how do they react to mistakes how do they react to their successes how do they? How are how are they studying each week? You know what are their challenges? You know I can tell you, T.J. Watt. You know when he came into the league, his challenge was finding different pass rush moves. And at first, in in his, in his first in his rookie year, you saw him explode because you know he learned a couple in training camp that expanded his repertoire, and that really helped him. And, and but that, those moves went away as every week went on, and he was learning every new offense that he had to go up against and trying to keep up with the defensive changes every week, and that kind of stuff. It fades away. So Devin Bush, what is his, what is his learning curve? What's what's going to be in his way? That's what we're going to be finding out all through training camp, and Tony and I will be right there covering it all. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. You know, look, Keith Butler brought this up, right? He was you know he talked about you know going up and getting Devin Bush, and when was the last time the Steelers moved up and took a defensive player? It was Troy Polamalu, and that turned out to be 
a great move. And but you know, and, and you know, thinking about that, I just keep coming back to the same thing, which is that okay, that would be that's nice if Devin Bush ends up being Troy Palomalu. But Troy Palomalu didn't help this team in in his rookie year, right? I don't even think he was that good in his, his second year. I mean, it was really it was his third year though, where he really um, where he really stood out. Uh, so the the question with Devin Bush is how much how much of an immediate impact is this guy going to make, right? And this is one thing I want to talk to you. We're kind of running up against time here, Chris. But tomorrow, I want to talk to you about whether or not this team is, is almost too heavily reliant on youth players, right? You've got a young wide receiver core led by Juju Smith-Schuster, who, you know, I mean, he's, he's what, 21 now? Uh, James Conner is is kind of the veteran in their running back room. No, you've just gotten, you, you're, this team is hoping that guys like Devin Bush can come in and make an immediate impact, hoping that Terrell Edmonds can come in and, and you know, make a big leap year over year. There's a lot of, on a team where the window is closing because of Ben Roethlisberger, this team is very reliant on youth players. That's what Chris and I are going to talk about tomorrow. Uh, until then, Chris, let people know where they can find your work. Y'all know y'all can find me on Twitter at Carter Critiques, where right now you follow me, I follow you back. Hit me with DMs if you got any football questions or any other kind of questions. Hit me up if, at me if you got if you got want to hit me up and get a poll started or have a fun conversation. I'm always down to interact with fans and listeners alike. Um, of course, you guys know I'm the lead NFL analyst at DKPittsburghSports.com right now. You check us out for 99 cents. You get us. You get you get a you get a whole month just for a dollar. And then if you like us, you stick with us. If not, we uh we we uh we thank you for trying us out. But I'm sure you will love. Our coverage of the Steelers, the Pirates, and the Penguins, and we just added legendary, uh, legendary Penguins writer Dave Molinari to our Penguins beat writer position. He's going to be covering it with Dayon Kovacevic. We still got Dale Lolly giving you all the insights on the Steelers. John Parado covering the Pirates in detail, and the rest of our team working around the clock to give you the best Pittsburgh sports coverage you can ask for. You can find me on Twitter at Steeler Country, and Chris and I will be back tomorrow for more Locked On Steelers.